Hello, hello. Thanks for being here. My name is Genesis, and this is Presenting Genesis, my podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, of the United States of America, where the slogan is the greatest city in America. And I wanted to talk about it because I was just home in Baltimore visiting my mom and my stepmom and my sister and my grandma and my family. And I realized I had a lot of thoughts about it. I wasn't born in Baltimore. I was born in D.C. where my mom grew up. Uh, But I moved up to Baltimore when I was about 10, around then, around 10, when I started going to this school in Baltimore City. Uh, I lived two blocks from the city line, which meant that we didn't have to pay city taxes. Um, But I'll get into county versus city later. Um... But I want to explain why I feel like I'm qualified to talk about Baltimore, um, even though I wasn't born there. And I only started like living there full time until I was 10. So my father's mom's family is all from Baltimore. And that side has been in the area of Baltimore since before it was an independent city. And that's a long time. My, They were actually, from what I found, the records that I found, some of them were actually enslaved in the area of Baltimore, Maryland. And when I was growing up, though, I often heard that, you know, Baltimore didn't have any slaves, blah, blah. That's a lie. If anyone ever tells you that, that's a lie. A big part of Baltimore actually was the breeding grounds. Um, If you don't know what that is, it essentially means that a lot of African and indigenous women were captured and brought to that area of Maryland to be bred and to create more slaves, essentially. Um, It's a really dark past and one that is not talked about very often at all but that is part of the history of of Baltimore and that's where my my grandma my grandma's entire family is from um my grandmother is from the west side that is where I grew up as well the west side of Baltimore um near Pimlico and um recently I thought that I thought this was pretty cool I found out that my first cousin four times removed is um, Eleanor Fagan. And if you don't know who that is, uh, you got to do a little music history. That's Billie Holiday. Um, she was from the West Side and lived a very, uh, I guess the best word is storied, uh, probably traumatic uh, life in the west side uh and she grew up with my great grandmother and they were first cousins and um that's kind of that's where i'm from that's a part of my history it's a part of my 
It's a part of my life. And I have a lot of thoughts on Baltimore. And I wanted to share them, especially since I was just there and talked to my mom and my sister and my grandma a lot about their thoughts on on Baltimore. Um, One thing about Baltimore, I think that I'd say that we're famous for is the history of redlining. Uh, If you don't know what redlining is, look it up, please. Uh, But essentially redlining was uh, white politicians and uh, wealthy white people uh, that were in the area of Baltimore, whether they were living in the city or not. Um, I am saying this super simply, so look it up, but they drew on a, on a map in, in red, uh, the spaces where black people could live, where Jewish people could live, where trash, uh, receptacles or stuff like that, like couldn't go, um, where firefighters and, um, protection officers couldn't go, uh, it's a that's a really simple way to put it, but it's kind of what it is. So I really grew up thinking a lot about what I call now racialized uh, landscapes. Um, and I can't think about cities and about landscapes in general without thinking of segregation. I am right now applying to go to grad school uh, for landscape architecture at NC State. And I didn't know that was a profession, but interestingly, I think because I grew up in Baltimore, I have thought about landscapes my entire life. When there are, when I enter a space or when there's photos of a space and not just like the renderings of it or anything, I always notice who is in this space, who uses it regularly. Um, And if someone who's there belongs there and if someone who is there doesn't belong there. I just think a lot about how people inhabit a space. And because I grew up in such a charged area that was all about racialized landscapes, I feel as though I have a, like a, a spidey sense when it comes to maybe that's not the right word I just get like a feeling whenever I enter into like a space that's like really charged too um I didn't really know that redlining was a thing though until I was 14 and I was uh listening to someone give a presentation about it at my school but I I knew uh I knew the effects of it and I knew the layman's, I guess, understanding of of redlining, not the like academic understanding of redlining. That's a whole different thing, like academic knowledge versus street knowledge. That is, that's an entire podcast episode on its own. But essentially, I knew redlining as the Jewish people live here, the Jewish, Black, and Hispanic people live here. Lots of Black families lived here and here. 50 years ago, and a lot of them still do. That's where a lot of homeless people live. Um, The white Catholic people live all around here. And now they're actually living here and here and here and here just because they can. Um, Now 
more so now it's like okay more gay people live here so I just kind of like have understood redlining from that under from that perspective because that's how I was taught like my dad and my even my mom would like take me around drive me around or even we would take the bus and he would literally point out like this is where Jewish people live like (laughs) it was so clear that we were all segregated and landscapes have just to me been completely intertwined with with bodies and not even just like the physical body but like or not even just like human bodies I mean but but like the way that we look like skin color like landscapes have been so intertwined with skin color since I was a little girl um I remember when I was young I was maybe 12 and I think at that time uh Baltimore had the highest murder rate in the entire country and that's what we were known for at the time and I I wasn't I didn't grow up scared for my life all the time like I didn't grow up in the hood I didn't grow up in the projects in Baltimore I didn't um I didn't grow up super poor either I definitely didn't grow up wealthy or rich or upper middle class or even like middle class for a while um pretty much like working class and like lower middle class was the way that I grew up um but I wasn't like fearing for my life all the time so when I um, heard that Baltimore had the highest murder rate in the country, I was honestly uh, shocked by how people then treated uh, the city, how people treated Baltimore. I, at the time, was going to uh, a white school in the north part of Baltimore City, and it was honestly really hard for me to go there because I didn't live around there. A lot of people who went to that school lived around there or they lived in like white neighborhoods or like gentrified parts of black neighborhoods. And I lived in a firmly black neighborhood. Like it was, I don't, think there are any white people that live in my neighborhood at all uh I mean I could be wrong there could be one but I I don't I have not seen a white person in my neighborhood um recently though when I went home and went to the McDonald's across the street from my neighborhood uh I saw like white people in the drive-thru and I was so surprised because I literally like I never see white people in that area unless they're driving through it um so it was a bit of a culture shock to go to an all-white school especially because my family um is black and indigenous like I and my uncle's white but that was like the only white person that I constantly had access to and it was in an all black family, all indigenous family context. So it wasn't even, 
he was the vast minority. And so going to a school in a black city that was all white, that you could count on your hands how many black people were in my class was really jarring. And um, it did a number on me. I'll say that. Uh, It really did. And um, I didn't really know how to act. And I talked about this a bit in a podcast. I think everyone is fake and real. I talked a bit about that. But to add a a layer onto it, going to an all-white school in Baltimore, in the white, wealthy part of Baltimore, and then going home (laughs) to my to my house and going to my mom's church and going to family outings and just hanging out with all of my other friends and all of my mom's friends and her sorority and everything. It was like, literally, it was just like I was living in two different worlds all of the time. And even like my dance, the place that I danced, like it, literally no white people, except for maybe one or two. And then I went to school and then It was all white people except for like eight or nine (laughs) folks. And um, yeah, it was really hard to go there. I remember when there were the riots when Freddie Gray was murdered. And um, my grandma, I was staying with my grandma at the time. And the riots were like a couple blocks from her house and I I normally took the bus home but my grandma called me and was like I'm coming to get you it's not safe for you to take the bus down here um I'm coming to get you right now and so I told my teacher I have to go apparently there's riots happening and um they're in my grandma's neighborhood and I have to go and they were like well it's not going to be an excused absence and I was like what? Like there's riots happening in my neighborhood. And they were like, but they're not here. And I was like, what is going on? Like this, this disconnection of, of Baltimore, this, the different parts of it are, are crazy. I remember talking to, uh, someone, oh, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. And they didn't even live in a, in a, in my neighborhood, neighborhood like mine or, or, uh, in an all-black neighborhood at all. They lived in a gentrified part of a black neighborhood or of a formerly black neighborhood, really. And someone was driving them home and, like, sc- and, like got scared and, like, locked the doors because they were, like, afraid someone was going to jump. Like, it's so nuts, like, how how people from uh, the white parts of... Baltimore are so scared of the black people and of the black parts everywhere else. I don't know if I'm even saying this correctly, but and maybe this only makes sense if you're like from a a black city and you and and you've experienced something like this, but like it was really hard going to that school. I never really got a ride home until I was a senior in high school and a friend of mine uh would drive me home sometimes because it was on her way to her house in Catonsville and that was great like having a friend who wasn't scared to <laughs> come in my neighborhood um and I didn't even live in a like a bad neighborhood I mean sure there were like drug dealers across the street but like I don't know that's Baltimore just something that you get used to they were never harassing me but 
yeah, Baltimore is really such a charged, a charged city. And honestly, for, for good reason, there's a lot of reason why there is such a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of reasons (laughs) why Baltimore is such a charged city. My mom was telling me about how she, she's not from Baltimore. She grew up in D.C., um, but her family is indigenous to North and South Carolina, which is why I'm here in Durham. But she was talking to me about how she really didn't like the fight mentality of Baltimore and how it made her uneasy and that she, yeah, she just didn't like that Baltimore was like that. And I reflected on that for a little bit because with my mom, I wasn't really brought up that way, like fighting and everything. But with my with my dad's side of the family, I was taught from a very young age, if someone lays hands on you, beat the shit out of them. Like that's what I was told. But I was never that kid. I was never a kid to like to fight or anything. Um, even when I was like getting bullied and stuff, I was just never that was never my thing. Um, nowadays, less so, but at the time that was, that wasn't my thing. Uh, but that's how I was raised. I was raised to physically fight back. Uh, I was raised to always be on guard, to always like be defensive of my space and of my person and of my area and of my stuff. And so I was reflecting on what my mom was talking about, about this fight mentality. And I have some things to say on it. I, some reasons why that might be a thing, where it might come from. I think it has a lot to do with what I was talking a little bit about earlier, this street and school and family education and how a lot of times those conflict with each other. Um, Religion plays a big part in the mentality of Baltimore and even like the fight mentality of Baltimore. Uh, The colonizers that came to Maryland were Catholic. A lot of um, indigenous people were converted over into Catholicism. And when African people came here a lot of them also converted to some type of christianity and so the christianity runs deep in baltimore and not um as like a thing that's always happened but kind of as like a a conversion due to to violence and like brainwashing and trauma um but wherever it came from i think it's going to be there forever um Baltimore has a ton of churches like so many churches lots of them are Baptist churches Methodist Episcopal um that's right that I pronounce that right Episcopal yeah Episcopalian yeah Episcopal um Methodist I think AME is also Methodist um yeah lots of churches lots of Catholic churches too for sure do they call them churches Catholic church it's not a temple yeah, I didn't grow up Catholic. I don't know. Um, like a castle? No, it's not a castle. I'm going to leave that alone. But um, yeah, religion plays a huge part in 
in the history of Baltimore and in the history of like this fighting mentality of Baltimore. Also, I would I have to mention the enslavement history. I mean, not only were literal wars fought in Baltimore and we have like shrines built to those wars and those war generals. When I was in high school, uh, a lake slash park in North Baltimore was renamed from Robert E. Lee to Lake Roland, like in my high school years. So yeah, Baltimore really cares about its history of war and its history of fighting. And um, it's and its enslavement history is sort of like not talked about. Um, and in some cases, like actively denied. But uh, yeah, there were slaves in Baltimore. Um, also, I think that there is, with this fight mentality, my mom might have been touching on negativity Baltimore can be a really negative space I think a lot of that is because of fear and a lot of that is because of trauma um a lot of people in Baltimore have access to someone in their life who has been let me rephrase this a lot of black people in Baltimore have access to someone in their life who has been murdered or who has gone far before their time and especially like the youth um whether you're you're white or black or whatever there's like a massive uh history of drug abuse and overdoses and it just has to me at least especially growing up there there can be like a really negative vibe to it uh of people kind of just not knowing or not thinking that they're going to make it past like 25. And, and that, and I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking really. Like this, the scarcity mindset of like, there's not enough life to go around is a really tough way to grow up. Uh, A lot of people, grow up poor. A lot of people grow up um, helping their parents pay for stuff or taking care of their siblings um, as like a third parent. I know I did. And um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to grow up that way, especially as an older, older sibling. Um, I also think for me, the part of the fight mentality that I had in me was just because I had to, I felt like I had to switch personalities all the time. Um, Because there was such a vast difference between the way my mom's family was educating me and the way my dad's family was educating me, not only did I have to switch, not only did I feel like I had to switch my personality between school and home but depending on which home I was at I had to switch personalities too and then with my friends I mean that was a whole nother kind of personality especially when I started getting into drugs 
then like the way that the street was educating me and the way that my school was educating me and the way that my separate homes were educating me I just was I felt so negative all the time I felt so like fractured and um I think the word I'm looking for is despondent uh just I didn't feel like I was anybody I felt like I was everybody else's and and that's a really hard space to grow up in and I think Baltimore uh because the past and because like the present of abuse and drug abuse and um and the history of sex work and the history of rape and slavery is just not talked about and the history of like the eradication of the indigenous peoples is just not talked about that there's just so much pain that no one knows what to do with no one knows where to put that and it manifests in really harmful ways um but also it manifests in lots of different communities kind of popping up to like take care of each other and that to me is a really beautiful part of Baltimore. I think that not only does pain come out of such a a charged place, but but a lot of art comes out of such a charged place. I remember when I was in New York for the summer and I had a friend who told me that I dressed like a Baltimore art girl and I felt so pleased by that compliment because I always knew there was a specific scene like there's just such a beautiful art scene in Baltimore and there's such a beautiful way of like dressing and expression in Baltimore that when I was younger I was kind of like embarrassed people tried to embarrass me to not like follow that but I don't know clothes was never something that I was like I'm gonna listen to what you have to say I literally couldn't care less about what you think I should wear I'm gonna wear whatever I want to wear and I always have been I've always been that way um since I was very young like six or seven and I started to to dress myself part of that was because I went to a school at the time and I had to wear a uniform and so when I wasn't in my uniform and I wasn't in like dance clothes I was like I'm wearing whatever I want and no one can no one can stop me um but also I think because the art scene in Baltimore was so live constantly I mean you literally couldn't go anywhere without seeing some girl with like this wild hairdo or like braids all the way down to her ankles that were like different colors and and wearing like jewelry that all made noises whenever you walked around and and color so many colors and like colors on everything like sneakers headbands (coughs) excuse me colors on everything like sneakers and and headbands and different patterns mixed together like you would have like a a pair of leggings with like chains all over them with the jacket that was like bright orange that had some like big logo on it like truly i was so and always have been and always will be so inspired by baltimore fashion and 
I I was such a compliment when someone said that to me that I looked like a Baltimore art girl because that was always who I looked up to. Just like the everyday Baltimore girl going to the Sam's Club on Route 40. Like that to me was fashion. And I think what's really beautiful about Baltimore is that there are there are artists everywhere. And I'm not just talking about like MICA students who came from other places or even if they came from Baltimore. I'm not even just talking about like college people like I'm talking about everybody like there are artists everywhere like my grandma is an amazing seamstress my dad even though he didn't um publish anything or share anything was a crazy writer like he wrote so much he was writing stories and plays and comics like just writing all the time my aunt uh designed clothes one of my other aunts uh designs jewelry sells jewelry I mean, there's so many rappers, there's so many artists, visual artists, there's so many musicians, like, there, it's just Baltimore is, like, almost, like, overcome with artists. There are artists everywhere, and in one way or another, everyone is trying to make it for their art, and I think some people um, kind of put will put you down because there still is that like negative aspect to it unfortunately that's like people are going to definitely try to put you down for the art that you do or say like you can't make it because maybe they're jealous or maybe because they're like I didn't make it why should you make it like that scarcity mindset type shit but but honestly it was really amazing to grow up in a place where I was never never not surrounded by artists but I was never surrounded by people who were actually making money from their art I remember I was I was at a friend's house for Christmas um when I was in college and so many people in in their family uh were artists and were making money from it And I was astounded by that because I grew up with a lot of artists, but none of them had ever made money from it. They'd all gotten practical jobs and made money for their families that way. And despite everyone being artists and despite people seeing that in me, even still, people are like, when are you going to get a real job? Like, when are you going to settle down? There's just never this idea that like, why don't, just go for it just go for your art just do it because no one really ever has that I have grown up with and um maybe in pockets maybe I've made some money from it here and there but um no one has ever just gone for it and just uh tried to be an artist even if they were poor and an artist like that's just not something that happens because it's They'd rather you be like working your way up a class to provide for your to provide for your parents or for your siblings rather than like being poor and not being able to provide for anyone but going after your art. It's almost like it's like selfish uh, trying to pursue artistry. And that part is sad, but also it's really beautiful, I think, to grow up in a, in a place that is so alive and so full of art um there's lots of museums in Baltimore for sure I mean the BMA is amazing the AVAM is amazing the Walters is amazing 
But individual people like making the art is better, I think, than any museum that you could go to. Um, the underground scenes in Baltimore are really amazing. And I, I never want Baltimore to only be known for the murder rate and for um, its wars and its history with uh, wars. Um, I'd rather Baltimore be known for it the amazing music scene, the amazing art scene. Um, not that it can't be known for both. I think that it's important to to be real, but um, it's not it's not real to like be scared of a of a place just because it has a high a high murder rate. L. A. also has a high murder rate, but the understanding of it is so much different than Baltimore. I mean, L. A. is also bigger, but. I don't know. There's just something really special about Baltimore that you can only experience if you come out of those white neighborhoods and you actually let go of that fear and start to meet people that have lived there and that are from there and whose families are from there. I think you'll only understand Baltimore if you go to someone's grandma's house in Baltimore and you have a meal there and you have her cooking or their family's cooking. Um, real Baltimore is not going to be found in, in your little cocoon in Charles Village or in your little, little cocoon only going to the same, like, white places and only going shopping on Hamden and whatever. Like, that's just not, or even only going to Towson. Like, that's just not where you're going to find, to me, the beauty of Baltimore, um, but, uh, yeah, Baltimore's a great city. I feel so lucky to be from there. Um, is it the greatest city in America, like it says on the benches? I mean, it's definitely a contender. Um, it's definitely a contender. I don't know about the greatest city in America, but sometimes it is to me and sometimes it's not. But before I go, I'm going to say there's one thing that I love the most about Baltimore that I want to continue to cultivate in myself is that at least the people that I grew up with and the family that I grew up with in Baltimore, this is true. No one is trying to make you comfortable. And that's in like a revolutionary way. And I think I grew up always trying to make people feel really comfortable and really like okay and and safe and neglecting myself and I'm not saying that people in Baltimore don't neglect themselves they definitely do that's everywhere but I love the attitude of like I am not trying to make your life easier by inconveniencing me and and it's but it's revolutionary though because it's usually like like black people that are that are doing this and that are like living their lives and they're unapologetic and they're just like expressing themselves like I love when I'm walking down the street and I see a dude on the bus stop just like rapping his own lyrics like yes 
that's amazing. Let me hear that. Let me get a little a little sound bite. I bought a CD off this guy for like five bucks because I just wanted to support his music career. CD, my ass. It was a single. I bought a single for $5. But I don't regret it because it was actually not that bad. But like I said, artists everywhere in Baltimore. Artists everywhere. And no one is trying to make you feel comfortable. And it's really revolutionary. And I'm really just really... Really, 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 really. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm grateful that I grew up there. Um, there's lots of issues in Baltimore, uh, politically, racially, financially, for sure. Um, but honestly, that's for another week. I can't cover everything <laughs> today, right now. That was a really passionate episode, for sure. I have so much to say about Baltimore. I have so much to say about the family that I grew up with and about all the many varying experiences <laughs> that I had when I was living there. Um, but for now, uh, it's my time to go and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, if you want to hear more or read more, you can visit my Substack. Uh, presenting Genesis is the handle. Um, the URL, I think, is presentinggenesis.substack.com. Uh, I can link that below for sure in the, in the show notes, in the episode notes. Um, you can also find me on YouTube. I honestly don't upload regularly, I have to admit. I'm more into writing and speaking than I am into like videoing myself, but I'm still leaving that option open. I have a couple videos up if you wanna if you wanna check it out. Um you can also email me at presentinggenesis at gmail.com if you just really, really want to. Um but until next week, thank you so much for listening and so much for being here. And uh I'm really happy that I'm here too. And I hope you have the day that you want to have, whether it's great or bad or whatever. So, yeah, we love Baltimore. And uh, listen to the Creek Boys if you don't know who they are. Creek Boys are amazing. So many amazing Baltimore bands. Okay, I'm going to go. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a happy Sunday. And you'll catch me here next Sunday talking about something completely different. Or maybe something similar. I don't know. Bye.